Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast. And as usual, to kick off our episode, we're going to engage in a conversation. So in honor of Women's History Month being March, I've been asking women in my life how they honor themselves. And so I want to ask you ladies, Danika, how do you honor yourself? I honor myself by, oh, it sounds so bad. Um, I would say taking rest, um, like being okay with not doing anything. Um, and I, I had seen like this, <clears throat> this post, it was like on Facebook, they said like our ancestors pretty much paved the way for us to be able to finally rest. So take that nap, like, you know, take a break. And so I feel like that I try to honor myself by being able to just rest sometimes. What about you, Margaret? Most definitely. I think I agree um, in the same way. I think that COVID kind of changed things because my way of rest was going on vacation and resting. So rest looks a lot different. But I think I would say the same thing. Also, taking moments in the morning to just, I say adorn myself, which basically means like putting lotion on my feet um, and getting dressed. But I think that me saying adorning myself makes me feel like, yes, I honor myself every day. (laughs) Diamond, what about you? What do you do to honor yourself? Ooh, I got a few things, child. Um, I tend to, I tend to take moments where I just like, just like Danika said, I just rest. Um, I enjoy, I take pride in resting. Um, I also try to remind myself that healing is not my purpose. I don't have to always feel like I need to fix something. Um, I need to be doing something, being busy. Also, I have a tendency to dance naked at home yeah just alone just dance naked (laughs) and I just I've learned doing that has been powerful because I have fell in love with my body in a whole nother way Mm, yes most definitely I completely agree with that I've actually given clients homework to do that um because I'm like you know if we're gonna work on building ourselves up we gotta be comfortable with ourselves so Mm -hmm. definitely so I'm gonna hand it over to Danika to go ahead and introduce you okay great so as you all noticed, uh, we have a special guest uh, as always. So today we have Diamond Dale. Uh, Diamond is a Detroit native nursing and psychology student, mental health advocate, mental health professional, and founder of Home Inc. As a mental health professional, Diamond's work began summer of 2013 in Detroit, Michigan as a youth advocate at the Juvenile Assessment Center, creating a youth-led community support initiative CSI to create various trainings on pressing issues within her community. Fall of 2013 through 2014, Diamond's work continued as Black Family Development partnered with Youth Move National. Sitting on legislative panels, telling her story on the stigma, lack of youth involvement, and disparities in the system of care. Diamond served as an intern for the mayor and city council members of Detroit, NAACP, NAMI, Price Waterhouse Coopers, Business Professionals of America, and SAMHSA. Diamond currently is located in San Diego, California, where she obtained her Child Development Associate and has worked for the United States Navy Child and Youth Programs, Sharp Healthcare, and Radies Children's Hospital. She is continuing her advocacy as a suicide prevention presenter for NAMI San Diego and participating in outreach activities throughout San Diego, Los Angeles, California, and Detroit, Michigan. Well, all right, Diamond Dale. <laughs> Thank you. Come on. <laughs> so as y'all can see, Diamond is dope, and she's been a part of so many different 
like pieces of our like continued growth as a community in a whole. Like I hear like the mental health piece. I hear like the legislative piece. Like Diamond, you have been in so many different like highlights. Uh, but today we're really going to focus on this nonprofit which is um, the acronym HOME, which is Helping Others Master Their Experience. So Diamond, can you share with us how HOME was birthed and where your passion for it came from? Um, HOME was birthed and my passion of where it came from was initially because I've always had a passion for mental health. Um, I tell everybody I am a proud product of each and every system. I was in the juvenile justice system. I was in the foster care system. I had to deal with mental health. I, so many different things I dealt with. Um, so as I got older and I was kind of getting into this place of being, turning my life around, which kind of happened early on as a teenager, I felt that I really wanted to do something because I was like, there's so many other people who's just like me who don't know it's people just like me. Um, and so at first I was like, well, I want to do an initiative. I kind of wanted to do the exact same thing I saw everybody else doing. Didn't really work that way. I was like, whatever. So after graduating high school, moved to California, I kind of felt like I can't really start something in California until I know what the need is. Like I can't just come in to a whole new environment and be like, hey, this is what you need to do. Um, I need to see what the need was. So as I sat here and I'm pretty boastful, I'm not boastful, but I'm pretty out there and I'm pretty transparent about me being a mental health advocate. Like everybody who knows me or know of me knows this is my passion. So I started to get a lot of people after working in psychiatric hospitals and stuff, a lot of people asking me like, do I have to be crazy to see a therapist? Mm. Or how do I get a therapist? Or do I need to go see some? Like I have people call me in the middle of mental health crisis. And I was like, this needs to be a thing where people are being bridged. And so after that was, pretty much after people was coming to me on their own, I decided like, I guess I'm going to make it a thing. Um, and so that's pretty much how it happened. That's dope. I love hearing that. Can you tell us what has been the most rewarding part and the most difficult part of starting home? Uh, Sorry, I got sneeze, child. Woo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. The most rewarding and the most difficult part of home. Let me think of that. Um, the most rewarding part has pretty much been, um, I, I'm like, it's just honestly everything like the whole process has, um, I have had, I have found so much gratitude in each and every step. Mm -hmm. I am learning so much in each and every step. I'm meeting so many more people, um, seeing how much people are really like, how many people really trust me with their journeys and they come to me freely and they're just like, hey, I need help. I had a girl contact me the other day who told me after we got her connected, like I was in the middle of a mental health crisis when the referral called me. And I was just like, like those type of moments, just like, those are the little moments that make it all worthwhile. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like, I was able to, I guess you could say like my favorite part was when I did a training for SDG&E last year. Right. I was like super excited. I was only six months in and I was like, oh my God, 
so we did a mindfulness training. I guess you could say that has been my most rewarding. Um, I was really excited about that. Um, working with a couple friends of mine in San Diego, co-hosting a healing event um, during the Black Lives Matter movement, all of that was going on. We just felt like the everybody needed healing. Those have been the most rewarding moments, the most difficult moments. It was a time where I really had to kind of get back to me. And when I say back to me, I had to really reevaluate my intentions and the way I was moving um, with this. Um, What brought up that moment was I kind of started to feel frustrated with my friends or my family, if they weren't sharing things, if they weren't, um, if they weren't sharing things, if they weren't copying things, if they weren't commenting, if they weren't liking, like I was like, don't y'all see? I'm trying to do this. Like I was, I just felt so unseen, unheard, and I was like, oh, somebody get triggered. Yeah. Okay. Let me get back to me, and then I had to realize that like my friends and my family are not going to be my audience during this. And I was focused so much on them not paying attention that I wasn't even focusing on the people who were paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to really, I kind of had this mantra in 2020 of go where the love is. Mm-hmm. And so I had to remind myself, like, the love is here. The recognition is here. People seeing like they trust you here. Why are we focusing over here? Let's get this together. Um, so that's pretty much that was the most difficult part and then also just um I mean just day-to-day business life like it's it's just hard (laughs) definitely thank you for sharing about that and being vulnerable and open about that piece about people because I feel like those are conversations that people want to be having but kind of shy away from it because they don't know how to have it because I know Danica was over here like (laughs) oh I feel like that is so relevant right now, especially with like social media, because mm-hmm. yeah, you always hear like, oh, you will sit here and you will like, you know, this random person's picture, but you can't support yeah. your friend's business. And it's like, do, do we agree with that? Do we not? Like, you know, like, what is that really about? Like you just said, is yeah. that a personal thing? Like if I'm your friend and I'm your family, do I have to buy and So sit? what do you think? Me personally, I think it's, I think it's an individual decision I don't think we should take it personal though I think that's what it comes down to Mm -hmm. I'm going to support and I'm going to uh, share I'm going to like all of my friends and family stuff because that's what I want to do but if my Mm -hmm. friends and family don't want to do that I'm not going to be mad because at the end of the day like you said I most of the things I make it's not necessarily for I didn't make it for my family or friends I made it for the public so whoever decides to you know choose to support it that's who it's meant for so actually I should be happy that it's me is reaching the audience that who's actually supporting Mm. it exactly Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that um and I actually had this conversation with someone about even you know even right now during the pandemic people are becoming real needy like you gotta call somebody you gotta answer they call you gotta text them back why are we so entitled to people like yes that's what that's why I had to be like diamond you're they're not entitled to do this even if if, it would be nice Mm -hmm. but they don't have to so I had to really do a check-in and I think that comes from years and years and years of therapy um and developing self-awareness and understanding like that's not my place to put that 
to put that responsibility on my friends and my family. And the fact that people like lose friends over these type of things, it, it's just, it was odd to me. I was like, oh no, I don't want to do that. I don't, it's not that deep. Dude, Jesus, it's not that serious. <laughs> um, but it did make me be like, well, if my friends aren't sharing this, it did kind of make me feel like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. It made me go back to the drawing board a couple of times to like change how I was advertising, change how I was marketing. Um, really, I really figured out what my audience was during that time of trying to figure out, like during that time of checking myself pretty much. Like I, I really found my audience and I, and I was like, that's fine. And it turns out my audience was definitely not my friends. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you for shedding light on that. For real. Mm-hmm. So we're curious how things have been looking during COVID. Like, has there been an increased need for services um, provided by home at all? As far as um, COVID and services, we have noticed there has been, I have, I have a demographic and I kind of put like a little you know, number data thing together. Actually, the other day, out of every one in six clients I have are starting therapy for the first time. Wow. And it is, it is amazing. Like I was, I was just like, I just love that everybody is like really starting to seek services. Um, most of my clientele, actually a hundred percent of my clientele has been black. Mm. and they have been black millennials everybody has been between the ages of 21 and 33 who have reached out to me and it was when I realized that I was like wow like this is this is a good thing but it also shed a light at how much people are going through right now Mm -hmm. um mentally and emotionally um people don't people pretty much just are sitting within themselves. Like they have nothing else to do, but sit in their own thoughts, their own emotions, um, really reflect on their lives. And I'm noticing a lot of people who reach out to me are not happy. And they didn't realize they weren't happy until the pandemic Mm. because they were on the go so much. And now we're paused. It's like, oh, I really was not happy. I I know I came to that rhetoric too last year. I was like, oh Jesus, I need to change some things. Um, that I've noticed that a lot of therapists are booked and busy and I am here for it. Can I, can I just give therapists a props real quick? Like y'all going through it. Y'all are going through it. And I am, I am here for it. I am. I'm so here for you guys getting so much clientele. Cause I know there was a point in time where people weren't receiving services this often but the fact that I love that all therapists are becoming booked and busy and it's just beautiful I love to see it but I also it just, my heart goes to y'all because lord child I don't, I don't know how y'all doing it right now like I saw this meme that cracked me up it was like therapists in 2020 have you tried screaming I was like yes because <laughs> that's where it's at for real <laughs> I can only imagine what you guys are going through. So I'm here for you. And I and I thank y'all too for being awesome. Yes. Um, as we're talking right now, I just want to make sure that we are giving our listeners the full picture of the services provided by home. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, absolutely. I think it because I'm like, okay, so I heard you say earlier that you all offer trainings. Like I heard you say mindfulness training. I'm hearing you all. <laughs> 
right to um like therapy like give us a breakdown of all the services you all offer okay so pretty much our main service so pretty much our goal our mission is we connect the community to mental mental health services and or like resources and or professionals within their area so whatever it is that you may need is what we provide and we try to connect you to so as of right now our main thing has been connecting the community to therapists within their area how that works is you reach out to our home um our hope our website we have tabs that says resources you go to that resource or you can my Instagram, it doesn't matter. However you get there, there is a link. And so there's a form that you fill out and that form asks you basic, it's pretty much a behavioral questionnaire. Um, it asks you various information, um, your own personal information, your mental health history. It also asks for your therapist preferences. That, that was the biggest reason why I created Home too, is that I realized a lot of people didn't realize they had power in their mental health journey. Mm -hmm. um, I always try to explain it to people like you are the driver, your therapist is in the passenger seat. You control it, but they help guide you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would notice like people would be like, can I ask for a black therapist? I'm like, yeah, girl, you can ask for a black female therapist that's the same age as you if you want to. Yeah. I don't know if I can find <laughs> it, but we gonna try to figure it out. Like, so I'm giving people, I want it to be a partnership. Like I'm walking with you during this whole process. Like, hey, what do you want? I have people who like, Girl, I can't afford to pay this X amount of dollars and this X amount of dollars a month. Cool, we're gonna help find you somebody who, who is within your price range, who takes your insurance. That has been the biggest thing too. Um, so that's pretty much what we do. We personalize, we take your personal preferences and based off that questionnaire and based off that intake form, we completely like kind of get a gist of what it is that you need, what type of therapist you need. We personally, our team like calls each of these therapists and talks to them and try to see if they're open to taking a new client, things like that. And we work with, and we're also a bridge for the therapists as well, because we try to make the process as easy as possible. We send that exact form over to the therapist so that they're able to see what the client is going through, that type of headshot. And I'm pretty sure a lot of therapists have their own process, but it's just like, it does simplify it a lot more. Um, when we send the form over. So that's pretty much the main service of what we do. We connect people to therapists right now, but we also do like mental health first aid trainings. We do um, mindfulness trainings. Um, that was just a training that I was asked to do. Um, I've We did an, a, a healing event um, where I came together with a couple of different people. We talked about inner child healing, um, poetry and singing and healing through that. Uh, we did holistic, um, holistic healing and stuff and massage therapy. So it's pretty much a wide array of different things. Uh, we try to do workshops. Pretty much our main thing is outreach, workshops, trainings, and therapy services. Um, but it all depends on our network of resources and who joins our network of resources. And that determines whether we're able to connect people to specific things. Yes, thank you so much for breaking it yeah, down. For real, mm -hmm. y'all just like a big, big community support. That's what mm -hmm. I hear for sure. Like that's all we want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to compete with no other nonprofits. I don't. I don't want to compete with nobody. 
I don't want to take nobody's shine. I just want to get people to you. Like you're doing great out here. How about I connect people to you to further your mission? Yeah. How can I help you? And how can you help me help others? Absolutely. That's pretty much what my whole goal is. Absolutely. Okay, so um, sometimes like I like to ask like these kind of positive psychology questions to have mm-hmm. in a positive manner. So what is your favorite memory thus far in regards to your nonprofit? Like a happy memory that you think of that just makes you smile, right? Mm. Dang. No, I don't know. I'm not really trying to think. It could be as simple as signing that paperwork, that nonprofit paperwork. Right. Honestly, <laughs> I was gonna say it was really that simple. It was <laughs> it was just the process of doing like just getting started. Like I was, I think it was it was a moment. How about it was a moment I really sat here, and I think it was after that presentation with SD Genie. I would never like not not be happy about that because I was like, like I'm six months in and they trust me with their employees. Like I was so excited. Um, it was after that that I really sat here and was like, wow, I'm doing exactly what I said I wanted to do. Mm. Like. I was like, I could really, I could really do this, especially because I've, I've been on this healing journey, child, child, I've been on this healing journey for so long, and I feel like it has always been like one thing after another after another, and one of the biggest things I dealt with was um, imposter syndrome, and I felt as if like it was always a reason why I didn't belong or I wasn't enough. Like before I started this, I wanted to do this for years, but I was like, oh no, I have to get a certain degree. I have to be a certain, I have to be a certain, I have to have a certain type of role or a certain type of profession. Um, I have to, like, I felt like I had to be so much just to do this. And when I finally stepped out of that and was like, I'm about to do it, I found myself healing through that, um, really taking that leap. And so like, I've, it's so many times, like even when I was working with other people, I was finding empathy in my healing. I was finding grace in my healing. I was just, just a lot. And it was just that moment where it just came all together. And I was just like, wow. Like, this is really a thing and I'm really doing this and I'm really present and I'm here and I'm now and I'm doing this and I'm shit. Like, it was just, it was just a moment. Like, I had to give myself, I had to really give myself the props that I des- deserved. And I was like, I'm a shit. And I was like, happy. And I went and I bought me some damn chicken wings. Can I cuss? Can I cuss? Yeah. Can I cuss? Okay. Because I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get me because I cuss like a sailor. I've been really being good, y'all. I just want y'all to know. Like, I've been so good. <laughs> But I went and got me some damn chicken wings because chicken wings is my thing, honey. That is my love language. A man could propose to me with some chicken wings. But anyway, <laughs> I went and got me some chicken wings and I called up my friends and was like, you know what, what y'all doing tonight? And we went out and I was like, I just want to celebrate me. Like, let's do this shit. And it was so much fun. And that was, and that was the moment that I think I was just like, that was like my happiest my happiest moment and I have carried and I'm proud of myself for carrying that 
throughout this journey. I haven't let that go. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just to like, um, like shed light on the magnitude of this, um, opportunity that I was talking about SDGE is San Diego Gas and Electric. So it's a whole company y'all that she did (laughs) a training for. That's how, like, that's a huge deal. So like, yes. So to kind of like talk about, like we talked about all of this work you're doing, celebrating yourself, but with all Mm -hmm. that how do you make time for self-care shit i feel like all we've been doing is self-care in 2020 god like low-key was telling my friend i'm kind of tired of fucking self-care but okay (laughs) but to be real (laughs) jesus i'm so tired of myself half the time jesus but um (laughs) but to be honest i have not like i I have noticed that I have set a firm boundary in when I'm ready to be within myself, whether that's with friends, um, whether that's with um, my my boyfriends. Yes, that's plural. Yes, that's plural. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, that's plural. Um, when I am like work, anything, when I say no and I want to sit at home, and do nothing, and my nothing could be sitting at home and twiddling my damn thumbs, that's what I do. Whatever I want to do, I do it. Um, For my birthday last year, I took a solo trip to Tulum, and that was the most enlightening experience. It was was very peaceful. It was everything I could have asked for and more. Um, That's kind of what I've been at. I've been at, well, if I fucking want to do it, then I'm going to do it. This nonprofit that created a little monster Loki. Cause I have been just like, what the hell gonna stop me? Who gonna stop me? Who right. gonna who gonna take me, boo? Because who, <laughs> who gonna check me? I'm like, ooh, like what? I was like, I am a 24-year-old black woman living in my purpose. Who the fuck gonna check me? <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> That's where I've been at lately. So it's kind of like, if I want to give myself praise, I do that. If I want to give myself grace and take the time to like really rest, like I said, my self-care is always me realizing I don't have to heal. That's okay too. So if I want to sit here and do nothing, somebody call me, I don't answer or anything like that. I do that. And plus I got plant babies, y'all. Because <laughs> I swear, I appreciate y'all. Like I got plant babies now. And they grow. They're not dead. I mean, <laughs> y'all singing to y'all plants. <laughs> Cause baby, I mean, when my little plant was dying, I was crying and stuff. I was like, dang, I really was working hard on this one. Um, but I have like my which is sitting right here on my table. That's why I keep looking at it. Um, I have my plant baby, and I like I seen my plants, and I be up in here dancing naked and stuff, looking like I'm a whole Eve to somebody Adam child like I just I'll be up in here and I'll be just doing my thing just being in my own little world um I just take time like it just I just give myself time I do remind myself a lot like things take time sometimes you know I get hyper focused yeah. on the end result and forget to take the journey mm-hmm. and so I have been finding solitude and grace within my journey um, whatever that looks like. So even if I have bad days, I'm like, well, shit, then that's an excuse for me to fucking sit here and eat ice cream all damn day. Hmm. Like, <laughs> that's kind of where I've been at. I love that. 
So as we wrap up, we want to ask, do you have any takeaways for our listeners? Mm. Takeaway. Um, pretty much a takeaway is I have been stressing this is um, give yourself grace. Everything doesn't happen overnight. Give yourself time. We like the world, the everything that's going on right now in the world, it just you gotta be kind to yourself. You just you just have to. And always remember that other people's actions are reflections of how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't take things personal. So that has kind of helped me get through this pandemic a lot. Uh, we are almost there, y'all. Outside is almost open. I've been working out. I got these outfits ready. Cut up in these streets. So if y'all see me cutting up, understand I have range. I'm gonna cheer you on. I have range. I just want y'all to know I got range, okay? So I'm gonna be talking with my girls at brunch, but I also can help connect you to your therapist. Yeah. That's called range. That's what black women do. We have range. Well, thank you, Diamond, for your time. And we look forward to sharing your research with everyone. I know it's going to be helpful for someone. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye, you guys. Thanks Bye. For All right, y'all. So shout out to Diamond for that episode. Um, I challenge y'all to think about uh, self-care as soul care, because I feel like that's an easier way to understand what self-care is supposed to encompass the care to take care of what's going on inward. So I challenge y'all to think about self-care, soul care. That's inspired by Alicia Keys. Y'all know she just dropped a line called soul care. And I was like, hmm, soul care. Let me think about that. So yeah, Donika, you want to share anything? Yeah, just like going in a little bit more of what Dava was saying about like healing a lot of times is literally just being you. Like showing up in your own skin, in your own being is literally healing. A lot of times we think it's like all this thing is this instruction manual and it's simply just not. So just know you showing up every day as you and trying to be your authentic self is healing. And that's enough. Most definitely. And please be sure to join us for our book next month. It is Not All Black Girls Know How to Eat, A Story of Bulimia by Stephanie Covington Armstrong. And I'll be sure to share that in the show notes. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of Black Women Healing Podcast.